What is up, everyone? Welcome to Stacking Slabs, a show that shares stories to help you become an educated sports card investor and maximize those gains. My mission is to educate and build trust because I believe the more educated sports card investors there are, the more sports cards investors will stay. And the more sports cards investors that stay in the hobby will mean more value to all of our sport cards as we continue to stack those slabs. So that is why we're here, everyone. And this is our first episode. I am super fired up. This has been something that's been going on in my head for quite some time as I've got up to speed back into the hobby and consumed so much content and engaged with so many people, I saw some holes and some gaps. So that's why we're doing Stacking Slabs. It's meant to be a resource for you. Um, My background's in B2B marketing. I build and develop content plans. So really what I'm getting to do here is apply what I do professionally um, to what I am very passionate about. And what I'm really passionate about right now is the sport card market. So a little bit of housekeeping before we jump in to today's topic. You can find Stacking Slabs across all of your favorite digital channels at Stacking Slabs on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We will be building and developing more channels. I don't know if you'll find us on TikTok. I'm in my mid-30s. I feel old as I think that might be that and Snapchat might be some of the recent uh, social channels that I feel too old for, but uh, maybe I'll feel young again and we'll jump on those sometime soon. But your traditional ones for now, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you like what you've heard in this episode, hit that subscribe button. Um, Leave us five stars. Please write reviews. These things are critical and so important for more sport card investors to get attracted and listen to Stacking Slabs. So really appreciate you doing that up front. Our format and what I am going to be doing on a day-to-day basis or a weekly basis, excuse me, is I'm going to provide one episode a week that is more foundation. So these will be stories and tips and tricks and things that I'm learning and what's working for me in real time. And then there will be another episode each week that will be more specific to a particular card or player or trends. Things that I'm seeing that I think if you listen to this episode and take action on, you'll make money off of. So I'm not an expert, but I have seen a lot of success in the short time I've been back into sport card collecting and investing. And I'm going to share those, um, share that advice and what I'm learning specifically to players and cards on that second episode. Also, I'm planning on bringing in um, guests. I don't want to be the only one talking. I really want to build and develop a community, create a platform where others in the the hobby can um, talk and share their thoughts. So more to come on that. That'll probably be more in the next few weeks. But as we get up to speed, that's what you can expect right now so definitely hit that subscribe button if that seems like something that's interesting to you so today in today's episode i'm really just going to run through the story of me getting back into sport cards and then really some advice Um, and that advice can be one have a plan and i'm going to walk through kind of my current plan or what how my plan evolves but having a plan is so critical um, to make sure that you're, you're, you don't have a bunch of wallet heat 
and you're burning that hole in it and you don't have any more money to spend on inve- on cards and becoming a investor. So I want to talk through planning and then I'm going to close it out and maybe give you some advice on when engaging with others in the market, um, what not to do and how to engage to get to learn and get the most out of your questions. So that's today. Let's jump into the story. So I have been a hardcore um not only sports fan but a wrestling fan my entire life so ever since age three i saw the hasbro figure of smash when we were walking down the all my mom was walking me down the aisles of toys r us i stopped dead in my tracks and i said i don't know what that is but i need that so i got smash i got jake the snake roberts hasbros came home was obsessed have been watching professional wrestling Ever since I was three years old, I've built friends through wrestling. I go to live events, not so much right now based on COVID-19, but uh, I'm I'm obsessed. My wife tolerates it, and it's awesome, but it's really a deep a passion of mine. So I collect figures, and that's got me in so many different communities where I've got to connect with others and trade and learn and sell product, um, and that's really inspired how powerful it is to engage with others around passion, and then also make money in an online marketplace um, format. So I have just had so much fun over the last two or three years getting deep into that, that um, cards started to emerge up in those groups. And of course, I've collected cards. I've been a card collector uh, growing up like we all all were in the junk wax era. But, um, you know, people started talking about wrestling cards. So I jumped in, started buying packs and ripping packs of wrestling cards open and finding relics and autos and um, limited print cards and the rush and how much fun. It just brought so many feelings back to being a kid again that I started to look online and look for places for sports cards and try to learn more. And wow, was I overwhelmed and realized that sports cards were trending up very much so. And athletes that people were excited about like Zion and John Morant were really pushing the hobby forward um and I was seeing people like Gary Vee talk about sports cards and the money you can make and I was um invested online connecting with other store owners and collectors and realizing wow look at these card breaks this is not only entertainment but it's an opportunity to get those cards for lower than you would if you were to go to eBay. So there's all these dynamics that were in place. And I said to myself, this is super exciting. I think I understand why sports cards are back and why people are so fired up about them. Let me take a couple steps back. But before I take a couple steps back on my plan, I'm going to go in and I'm going to go go to Google. I'm going to type in sports card stores near me and I'm going to see what happens. And so, of course, I did that. And I found a store called K&L Sports Cards um, in Greenwood, Indiana. And I live uh, downtown Indianapolis. Um, go Pacers, go Colts. You'll, you'll definitely hear a lot of love for my Pacers and Colts um, throughout this podcast. I promise you I won't um, talk about it too much. But I'm passionate about those teams. I'm, uh, I walk and go to the games, so they're near and dear to my heart. But anyways, I found K&L in Greenwood, Indiana, which is about uh, you know ten minutes south from where I live, and I drove down there and walked in, and it was like a a, a blast from the past of just small store product on the shelves, people hanging out, ripping packs, people uh, searching through boxes, 
all different types of people coming in, and I my I was wide eyed and bushy tailed. Immediately, store owner came over to me and he said, "What can I help you with?" And I, I, my head was spinning. I was looking around and I had done a little research and I knew I wanted NBA, um, but wasn't sure. Um, and so we got to talking. I learned about all the different uh, variations and what Panini was doing and the licensing and the different products and tiers and blaster boxes and hobby boxes and hanger boxes and what you get in each from each product's perspective. And I was like, oh, baby, I love this. I love just the variety and how they've got it catered to different types of people and different um, price tiers. So this was super captivating for me. And so, of course, I bought some. I think my first purchases were some um, 2019-2020 optic blasters and... I bought a blaster, a couple blasters of Prism, and that was it. And my jaw was on the ground when he he told me how much it cost. I couldn't believe it. But I said, you know what? I'm getting back into it. Let's do this. I knew there was hype around Zion. I knew there was hype around Jaw. So I went home, set everything down, ripped open the packs, got that rush, saw the, the hollows, saw the silvers. I can't remember what I pulled from that first, um, you know, session but it was enough for me to get excited and and dig in um and really after that I was hooked it was just that one time and I ran back to KNL and it was another 200 300 being spent um and then 2 days later I was back and I was doing that after I pulled you know the revolution Dwayne Wade autograph and I had pulled my first prism base zion those things got me hooked and I know if you're a listener out there and you're new into this you've you've been there you've been through that rush and needing to get some more of it so that was taking over but I didn't really care because I was loving it I was having so much fun but I quickly realized man like I could I could go through my disposable income pretty quickly if I kept this up so my mentality and my personality is very, very um, uh, all in. And so I was going all in, but I was also spending a lot of money. So I really knew that I needed to put something in place to make sure that that didn't happen again. And I had some moderation. Well, at the, as this was happening and I was trying to um, not not run to K&L and buy new cards every day, uh, COVID-19 hit and we were all stuck at home. And I... St- I was in a job, my current job, definitely I can operate remotely. That's going to keep me busy a lot of the time. And I'm very thankful that I have that opportunity and that paycheck still coming in. Uh, But then on that downtime, I wanted to spend more time learning about sports cards and what was happening and learned about breaks and started participating in breaks and how much fun those were through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, you you name it. Um, But then also doing research and understanding the grading process and how that works and the value that added to cards and why certain cards were going up and going down. And this really got me hooked. It really got me uh, all in on understanding the dynamics of the marketplace and understanding what mistakes I shouldn't make as I enter this. Um, and really, that's the catalyst for um, stacking slabs is I want to provide a resource and share that information in real time so you all can become better investors. I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. I am a collector first, fan first, 
And if I can make some money on some cards while I'm doing it and get a larger bankroll and connect with some awesome people who are passionate around the same hobby as me, then why the hell not, man? Why not? So really, that's the catalyst for this show. And just, again, I'm not an expert, but I want more people to be educated as they're becoming collectors and investors. And that's so to jump right in, what I want to talk about in this episode is having a plan and the importance of having a plan. Plans can change. Plans don't have to be rigid, but you need to have some sort of framework in place in order to be successful with sport card collecting, with sports cards investing. And so, small example, what does success mean to be as a, a, a sports card collector, right? Well, you can be a collector. Let's say I'm a collector of the Indiana Pacers, and I want everything Pacers related, and I don't care the value of it. Well, in order to be a smart sport card collector, you, I need to be able to look at comps in the market. I need to be able to look at what other things are going for. So I'm not spending $100 on a Victor Oladipo card when it's going for 10 to 15 bucks. On the investment side, it's even, it, 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 there are so many ways in so many areas of opportunity for you to be educated. And honestly, the, the easiest way for me to think about it is just like investing your money, right? It's very much like the stock market. Um, it's very, very similar. You need to have a plan. You need to work with others to get feedback on that plan. Um, and if you don't have a plan, you'll end up like I did in the first month of being back in the hobby where I was going to K&L sports cards every freaking day and spending $300 and just blowing through my disposable income just because I like the rush. That's not smart. And I did that because I didn't have a plan. So every plan has structure and the structure of every plan changes. But I will give you just right out of the gates, during COVID-19, when I jumped back in the hobby, the five five things based on my plan that I was going to do in order to make sure that I, one, was still going to stay in the hobby because I wasn't blowing through cash with no, with, with no idea what I was doing. But what I, would, what I was doing to stay in the hobby, have it be exciting for me, and have it be something that I can see potential future gains in. Number one. My, part of my plan is I only buy 9s and 10s, PSA, BGS, 9.5, 10. I only buy those certain graded cards. I'm not spending time buying raw cards. I have uh, I have enough disposable income right now where I can take the money, put it into these cards, and then invest or I can flip them. I don't have an eye for grading. I haven't been in the hobby forever. So I don't want to end up buying a bunch of raw cards online that then I send in to get graded and go through all that time and spend the extra cash to get it graded and they come back eights and then there's been no really value in the process. Part of my plan aligns with my personality type. I'm not a patient person. So I don't have time for that. I am, as a part of my plan going to rip wax and I'll talk about that but I'm not ripping wax enough where all of a sudden I want to wheel and deal a bunch of raw cards or buy a bunch of raw cards so as a part of this I really am focused in maybe spending less on wax or raw cards but more on those cards and those what's graded those slabs that are in the marketplace um and I because I want to cut out those steps right and so Part of my plan, buying the graded cards. 
Graded cards are going to be more expensive. They might be more of a risk. But I think for me at the core, that's the investment. You want to get to a point where you have a graded slab. And I, by not being a very patient person, didn't want to have to go through the steps of buying raw, making sure that I'm getting the right raw, then sending those in, and then waiting for spending the money and then waiting for those to get back. So part of my plan is to buy graded. Part of my plan is to also make sure that I'm looking at percentages of investment and making sure I'm applying those percentages to those different segments that I want to invest in. So let's take MBA specifically, okay? And let's let's say right now when this episode is airs and is live, let's say we're going to find out that the an optimistic standpoint that the NBA is going to come back in some way, shape, or format and, and do the playoff. Now, right now, on April 25th, as I record this, that might not seem like the likeliest scenario, but let's just say in a month we're going to get, or a month and a half, we're going to get playoffs at some way, shape, or form. We've got a crystal ball. We can see that happen. So as a part of that, you've got to take that event, the event change, which is a, the compelling event change is one of the dramatic um can be one of the most dramatic shifts in the price of a sport card. Take the Last Dance documentary into an account. That will I'll be talking about that on a future episode of some gains I saw already from that after two episodes in. But events matter. So we're going to say that the playoffs are going to happen. So then I'm going to look at that event happening and look at, okay, what does this mean for my investment dollar? Okay, my money that I'm putting towards NBA, which that's how I think about it. I think about my NBA money and an NFL money separately. Operate separately because they have different plans. If you're an MLB fan, I probably will not talk a lot about MLB because I don't know MLB. And that's part of the reason, one of the big things that I'm going to talk a lot about in uh, Stacking Slabs is don't invest in something you don't know about. Don't just do it because the, the, the market's doing it, right? Don't just do it because it's the season that's coming around. I don't follow baseball. So I'm probably not going to talk about it a lot. I follow basketball and football religiously. Like I said, we've got teams in Indianapolis. I've followed them my whole life. So that's my passion. So I make sure that my passion aligns with my investment. That's critical. So buying graded, also making sure that you are aligning towards that passion and making sure that you're looking at all your areas of investment differently and segmenting. So playoff start, this is what I'm doing. And this is just a, me thinking on the fly of the plans that I would be created and how I think about it. So with that being said, if the playoffs were happening and not everyone was in there in going into the playoffs, what, what are the buckets I can break that down by? So let's say I'm going to spend 80% of my NBA investment focusing on players that have the chance to make a deep run in the playoff. Why am I thinking about it that way? Because that is the type, type of stuff that really matters in sport card investing. So I'll take 80% um, on people that I think might have a run. So let's say I'm going to dump 80% of my budget in Giannis because he, the Bucks are the likeliest team to make it to the finals, and that's going to increase gains. Let's say I'm going to spend part of my 80% on Luka and buying a Luka Silver Prism PSA 10 to have in the stash because I know if Luka can make it out to the, the second series and he has a triple-double, his cards are going to go up 25%. And then let's say I'm going to invest in Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum's hot. He's had the best season of his career. He's an all-star and he's breaking out and the Celtics are really good. 
and let's say part of that 80%, I'm going to buy a, um, a PSA 10 base Donovan Mitchell card because, again, like Tatum, he's breaking out. He's becoming the guy on a really good team. So that's 80% of my budget focused on players who are going to be in the playoffs and who are going to make a deep run. So then let's say, what am I going to do with the other 20%? Well, maybe the other 20% I have, I'm going to I'm going to uh invest that money into growth listings or maybe players that aren't going to be playing until next year. However, I want to get in early on those. So, um let's say uh RJ Barrett. Let's say I like RJ Barrett. The Knicks are terrible. They're going to have to force him to be the guy. Um so I'm going to make sure that I I put some of that 20% into RJ Barrett's prisms, his optics, any RPAs maybe that fit within the budget, and um, Kobe White. So Kobe White in his last three games scored 30-plus points once they gave him some extra time. So I'm going to get jump, jump in and get on Kobe White. Making sure that you have a plan and you're thinking about your, your dollars out like that and segmenting them back is critical. That's step two, is having that plan and focusing budget based on those different segments. Another part of my plan is the liquidation of items from other collectors to help fund my sport card investment. So yes, I get a paycheck every two weeks, and the paycheck goes towards bills like everyone else, and then you know there's some money that goes to mutual stuff between my wife and I on groceries, dinners, uh, stuff around the house. Then all that, when you, you're squeezing that orange, there's a little juice left, and there's always that disposable income that I have. Well, there's already things in place around passions that I have that I'm pumping that disposable income towards, right? Whether it's wrestling figures, because I've been collecting them ever since I was three, or live events or concerts when COVID-19's over. Um, then I enter a new hobby like sport card investing. Well, then how does the pie get cut up and where what money goes to sport card investing? Um, there are so many different um, ways to think about how to do this. But what I've done is to really make sure that my disposable income that I have is directed towards those specific things. But then I'm also trying to figure out how can I get the other hobbies that I'm involved with? How can I make money off of those things and those hobbies or items that I don't that I don't want it or need in my collections anymore? So I'm constantly evaluating my collections and I'm making sure I liquidate items in different communities online to make additional capital that I can then go and turn and pump into an expensive card. Like if I wanted a PSA nine or ten LeBron rookie. Tops Chrome, that's an expensive freaking card. We're talking like, you know, six, seven thousand dollars for that card. Well, that's not something for any type of investor that's going to be really easy and going to be the type of disposable income that we can just go pumping in. But if LeBron makes it to the finals this year and he wins, that card might go up double. So, in order to get that bankroll going so I can afford a card like that, I'm not only taking away my disposable income or pieces of that, but I'm also making sure that. I have um, money coming in from items of other collections. So that's three. So buying graded, segmenting the different buckets um, in my, of my investments and liquidating other items. Fourth item, not ripping wax or not ripping wax as much. So there's always going to be new products coming out that are always going to be super attractive and 
you're going to always want to open them because it's really, really freaking fun and it gives you that rush and it gives you the opportunity to spend very, very, very little on a very, very expensive card. But it's like Vegas. The percentages are working against you and it's very, very difficult to get your ROI when you buy a hobby box of Prism. It's really hard. And so it varies from product to product, but you can't spend your entire um, time as an investor ripping wax because you will be losing in the end. So what you have to do is find time and figure out what is your workflow going to be on when you're going to buy product to rip and stash those cards so you can then send them away. I personally, as I'm getting up to speed on this, I'm doing it once a quarter. It's one week and a quarter where I'm buying a bunch of products and I'm ripping them. I'm trying to pull away the rookies and the cards that I'm going to send to PSA and get graded. And then that's it. I might spend guilty pleasure, get involved with a break or two, but I'm not buying or ripping. I'm doing it once a quarter because I want to get the card from those boxes that I'm going to send in, but I can't do it all the time because I know I'll be losing out, and that's not a good move for any sport card investor. So limit your wax ripping. I know it's hard, but have a plan around that. And then final bullet, being a student. I can't stress this one enough, and it's probably the most important thing about being a sports card investor, but you got to do the homework. Be a student of the game. I'm spending at least two hours a day analyzing the market and identifying new opportunities. I don't always act on those opportunities right when I find them. I create cases for investments. Information I'm gathering over time on a card or a player, I am stashing away and building a case. When there's enough in that case that I believe I'm going to make money off of, that's when I act. I am going to be breaking down making cases and making that process in future episodes of Stacking Slabs. But the punchline on this one is being a student. Don't just go into it blindly. Don't just go into it what everyone else is saying. Don't follow the sheep. I don't follow the sheep because it's what everyone else is doing. And what, what when there's everyone else is doing it, there's less opportunity to make big gains. Everyone goes right, turn left. That's But in, in order to do that, you need to build cases. So I will be talking about building cases. Running through the plan one more time. And this isn't the go you do it plan. This is just thinking in the thought process of planning. Buying PSA 9s and 10s only, not raw cards. Segmenting out your buckets of investment. Liquidating items of other sales. Not or limiting wax ripping. And then spending two hours a day identifying opportunities for investing and building those cases. So that is plan building. I want to close it out by talking about a little bit about how to engage with others. Um, this is something that's been fun and new for me to watch in the marketplace. And honestly, it varies so much in across the board that I, immediately when people post things, you can tell who is brand new to this, who's been in this game for a long time, and who knows how to talk and treat others and who doesn't. And there's so much to unload here, and I'm not going to go super deep into it, but I do want to share one thing. The question that has to stop is the question that says, who should I invest? Who should I invest in means you didn't take the time to have a plan and to do the homework. And if you don't have the plan and you're not doing the homework, you're not going to be a successful investor. That's not helpful for anybody. That is such a wide range umbrella question that it doesn't do anything for you if you're asking it. So just stop. A better question is, 
to take your case that you've built and say, hey, I'm investing in this player because of X, Y, and Z. What do you think? You're going to get feedback. People love to give feedback. It's not just because this guy said something, I'm going to do it or don't. It's building a case of feedback. I've stopped investing in some player because I've heard nuggets from someone that really got me to slow my roll because they made a lot of sense. I've also kept investing in certain players because people were giving me negative feedback and I could tell they just hadn't done do the homework um, like I had. So that's a big deal. So don't just ask the market who I should invest in. Do the homework, present that back, and hear what you get. That feedback you're going to get is gold. It might not all be actionable, but you're going to see consistent themes there if you're connected and aligned with the right people and communities. Do the work, present the information, gather feedback, make informed investment decisions. I think that's it. I'm rounding out. That is uh, a lot. Uh, in the first episode, I am super pumped about it. I, if you like what you heard, definitely um, hit the subscribe button. Give Stacking Slabs a five-star review. We love those. Um, and also look out for the episode coming up uh, real, real soon on uh, investments that I currently like and more some, some more detailed. Um, thank you so much for listening. I'm so pumped that you are a part of the Stacking Slabs community. Find me on Twitter, at Stacking Slabs. Shoot me a tweet, shoot me a DM. Let's get this going. Everybody, stay safe and be well. Peace.